Welcome to the Trumpet Call podcast, where we are mobilizing warriors for the spiritual battle. For the next two podcasts, we're going to be interviewing John and Jess Snyder at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And this is, we're talking about the third mark of a disciple maker, which is biblical community. So I'm excited to be here with you guys and uh, grateful. So I think this first session, John, will maybe get some of your insights, but Jess, hope you can chime in. And then for the next one, Jess, get some of your insights and and John, if you want to chime in, I guess we'll let you. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I'm a, I think all of us who have watched you guys at Fort Bragg over the years, I mean, there's a history there. There's just a vibrant community. All of us just love what God's doing there through you guys. And so, man, you guys are the subject experts. Um, man, we'd love to hear what, what have been some things that you've learned about biblical community over the years. Yeah, thanks, John. Well, Jess and I are just delighted to be with you guys. I, I don't know if we're the SMEs, but um, we just try and be as much like the SME, the subject matter expert Jesus, as we can be. You know, so that's probably the the thing that we we really love the most about being in community is how much it reflects Jesus, and that that really that's really kind of what um, spurs us on, keeps us motivated. Um, that I think probably is the biggest thing when I think about community. I think, well, what is it? How do you even define it? And really, I just think it's God's people gathered together for God's purposes. You know, so when we think about community and this this idea, it really is family, um, a family that's gathered together, centered upon Jesus, and then actually there together for Jesus's purposes. Um, so, um, yeah, that's really what it all smells like, tastes like, and feels like is Jesus. Um, you know, so. I think that John 13, 34 and 35 has probably been our, our biggest phrase that's really helped us with that. That, And it's it's interesting timing as well. If you think about that passage where Jesus has walked with his disciples for, for a number of years, and then he talks about this new commandment that he gives them, that they would love one another. Um, but it's just not just this nebulous love. He actually says that you would love one another as I have loved you. So he couldn't give that commandment early on. He actually had to live life with those disciples. Um, so without living life with those disciples and showing and demonstrating and modeling that love, he couldn't give that new commandment away. And that mm. should be what helps people know we follow Jesus is when they look in and see our love for one another. Wow, man, that's that, yeah, it's motivating. And I, I like your distinction between being the subject matter experts and pointing to Christ. Obviously, that's like... Nobody, nobody wants to take that, take over that seat. Um, what's the difference? You mentioned family. We're, you know, the the value says biblical community, quote end quote. But you said family. What what's the difference of those to you? Yeah, man, that's a good question. I, I just think that when I think about how the Bible describes community or how it describes fellowship, I, I think the best picture we have in our culture, the best representation of that is our word for family. And that doesn't always translate with everyone. Some people have come in from have come from broken families or uh, difficult family situations, but in, in its most basic terms or its most basic understanding, this idea of family is meant to be something that we do together. Hmm. That regardless of what happens to us or what we are what we're going through, we're committed to one another. That we live together, we share life together. Um, and it's not just something that's kind of formational. You know, I go to a church on Sunday or I have a fellowship meal or there's a fellowship event. But instead of just doing things, we actually exist as a whole. Mm-hmm. We are family. We don't do family, if that makes sense. Is that, does that clarify that? 
Oh yeah, that and that's I think that's uh, that sounds like a really neat segue into another question. But uh, I just yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I feel like people can do community. Oh, I'm do, yeah, I'm doing, but we're we're called to be a part of something. We're pa- called to be part of the body of Christ, and that's a big difference between doing and being. Um, yeah, and so I think maybe part of that. Uh, the question is, have you seen community change for you over the years as far as being a young young guy and then all the way up to leading disciple makers? Yeah, I think it has. Um, and I, th- I think what it's really meant for me is it really def- redefined life and ministry for me. So being around a group of people who were serious about following Jesus as a young believer, what, what it first did was it helped me reimagine what it looked like to actually be my age and follow Jesus. Hmm. Um, so I grew up in a very healthy Christian family. Um, I tell everybody that we are a mandatory formation home. Every time the church door is open, I literally was there and, um, <laughs> with my mom and dad in the church, different Bible studies. I played in the band, different things like that. But when I, when I came around the navigators at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, what I saw was a, a completely totally different thing was that people in my demographic walking with Jesus and very serious about that. So it really helped me just reimagine what life and ministry looked like because there's a group of people my age serious about following Jesus. Mm. Wow. And then I think that as we, um, as we grew because of what community meant to us, we were excited to give that to other people. So because of this body that just became family, we were excited as we grew and mature to offer that to other people, you know? So um, yeah, just a testimony of like what other people have done in our lives. Like we're excited to reproduce in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pre- it's crazy, John. So, I mean, just to share a story from my time at Fort Campbell, when I first got to Fort Campbell, I was stuck in replacement, you know, where you're waiting to kind of get your orders to go to a specific unit. I had just moved in the army from Germany to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. My, my car was coming into storage at St. Louis and, um, Andrew Stroud, who was uh, on staff of the navigators at this point just said, well, Hey, how about I take you up to St. Louis and grab your truck? Uh, man, I, I barely just met this guy, you know, but was very clearly, he was interested in, in serving and helping me, but very clearly loved Jesus. And so then uh, not only he, but three of the, a couple other guys that he is in fellowship with, we all drove up to St. Louis on a Bible study night that Andrew was supposed to be speaking at. And he drove me all the way up to St. Louis and grabbed my truck and we drove all the way back. But one of the things that struck me was that the whole time we were in that car, they were asking these questions about my walk with Jesus, very hmm. loving and intentional, very purposeful questions. They were transparent and honest and open about their own lives with Jesus. And I had never experienced that. I'd never, never experienced people actually asking questions that mattered when it comes to Jesus. And this sounds crazy, but, um, well, what's your relationship with Jesus look like? What do you do to connect with Jesus? What helps you grow? What helps you stay encouraged? Um, what are some of your favorite verses or has God said anything lately to you out of the Bible? I was like, Oh man, like I either had to come to grips with, I didn't have the relationship with Jesus. I wanted, or I lied to them, you know, that were so felt like those were my options, you know, but what it really impressed upon me was, man, these people really love Jesus and they really love me. Um, so much so that they'll ask awkward, tough questions that were very healthy for me to be asked. 
when somebody says to me biblical community, what I see a lot and what I hear from other places besides where people I trust is I see hanging out. I see going to the movies. I see things like that. But you're talking about a biblical community where people are really engaged on a heart level at what's going on in your life in relationship to Christ. Yeah, absolutely, bro. In fact, um, I like I love Acts chapter two on this, you know, so I think we need to make a distinction here very clearly that it's 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 descriptive, not prescriptive, if this makes sense. So, you know, the author, Luke, is actually describing what the Christian community looked like, not telling us how it has to specifically look for us. But this description is beautiful. You know, in Acts chapter two, he says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And there's so much packed into that that. You could make an allowance from that description, right? The movies. You can make allowance, fellowship meal, but you can also make allowance for every single aspect of life laid out before each other and talking and sharing those things in community. Um, and it's it's a really beautiful picture of what God did in that early church in that early church that serves for us just what's it look like for family? How does family work in the body of Christ? And it and it anchors us back to John 13, right? And we said, everyone will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Guess what? Guess where this passage closes for us? And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Mm. This picture of fellowship, community, of family isn't just about us. Now we're going to go out into the world and get all scuffled up and get all wrecked. And then we got to go back into fellowship to stay encouraged. No, not, not, not just that, but also that people would look in and see our fellowship and be like, whoa. I want to be a part of that community. I've never seen people love other people like that. Right. So it's like getting back to maybe even what you were talking about too, Jess, where the family, it's not, it's not family just for family. It's family that you receive that for a while and then you get excited to give it to people and you're trying to, you're excited to adopt more and more people into this family that we've been adopted into. Yeah, I I think that's true. Do you ever wish there was more commands in the New Testament that say like be in community, get involved with more more prescriptive commands or how how does that go for you? Yeah, John, uh, man, I think that's a great question because um really lots of times we interface with the Bible we think, "Man, why didn't you give more instructions?" You know, so there is this paradigm or or sometimes when we approach the scriptures like, "Man, I know God has an opinion. What's that opinion? You know, but we have enough. God has given us enough for what we need. Sometimes not always what we want, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And here's my best guess at how I think this works for us in the kingdom when it comes to this area of community is that because the Lord has, has described fellowship, it keeps us from connecting fellowship community, this idea of family it keeps us from connecting those things to events like a Sunday morning worship service or a Tuesday night Bible study. And, and then makes us actually kind of reflect on what does it actually look like to be family and family is an always kind of thing, you know? So if you look at how Jesus did fellowship or did community or family with his disciples, here's just some thoughts from Luke and real quickly, when 
here's some descriptive words from Luke where when when Jesus did fellowship with his men. One day after this, another Sabbath, one of those days, night, morning, late in the afternoon, as they were walking. So that's the wind fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. So where? Let, let's just say, okay, so where do I do fellowship? Do I do it at my church or do I do it at the Nav Rep's home or do I do it at where do I do that? Well, Jesus did it in the boat, in one of the towns, at houses, in a synagogue, in the grain fields, in the mountainside, on his way, and everywhere. <laughs> These are words that Luke uses, right? So when did Jesus have fellowship or when was Jesus family with his disciples all the time? Hmm. Where did Jesus do fellowship and be family with his disciples? Everywhere. Mm-hmm. So... so uh, it's so important that we remember that it's sharing life together, not making formations together. That mm-hmm. really is descriptive of a family. I think that's super important. I actually think that's probably why we have what we have and maybe not what we want. I think we just want to keep in mind too, the uniqueness of the body. So John, we're very different than you and Cherry, you know, and then we're reaching out to people that are completely different and unique. So I think that if we had a cookie cutter approach to community, we'll miss the boat because, you know, y'all are not going to minister the same way we do. Y'all are not reaching the same people with the same needs as we do. So I think we want to take the principles and apply them across the board, but the way that it looks is going to be so completely unique and it should look unique. And that's the great thing of the body is that Mm. we're all gifted differently and have different personalities and it makes for a fun, unique opportunity. And I think that if we got too into the weeds, we would lose some of that. And I think that that's not what Jesus had in mind. You know, I think that Jesus was very um, good about seeing people's uniqueness, you know, and what they brought to the table. So Right. Man, that's what, those are great thoughts. Yeah, it is. It would be a shame to substitute events for family and just to make and think to think, oh, well, I went to chapel this morning, so I'm I've been in family when there's so much more to it. And uh, I, I love that. So what about maybe some practical steps in that? Maybe the best situation I can think of is often people leave these places and then they're going back, they're telling us about, oh, I have a church back home. And and they start describing these events and, and things like that. How would you help them in that transition to pursue biblical community? Yeah, that's a great question, John. We kicked this around and, and prayed about this. Um, but I, it just seems like we can start by saying it. God may be calling you home. So. We want to make sure we're never fighting against God's will for someone's life. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to crash and burn because they went back home to their church. You know, that's that's also not true. But one of the things that is true is, is that um, biblical community and family is much more rare than we think it is. Hmm. Um, and one of the key ways that Satan gets us, you know, First Peter 5, 8 describes him as this roaring lion, right? He's wanting to devour is... And you just think about how lions, you know, how they, they hunt. They look for that one person who's back, maybe a little bit back from the pack, and they attack those who might be hurt or injured. Um, so we don't want to be this lone ranger, uh, John Rambo with an NIV, you know, Bible all by <laughs> ourselves. Um, but instead, we want to be people who who are right there with other believers in the fight um, to be able to stay encouraged. and. So one of the phrases that we like to use is known is better than unknown. 
So if you know you have fellowship where you are right now without a very clear and distinct command or feeling or um, understanding that God is calling you somewhere else, then you ought to stay. So that's the first thing we would say. The, the second thing we'd say is don't gamble. <laughs> like, Don't roll the dice on your walk with Jesus and then begin to ask the question, why? Why do I want to go back home? Or why would I want to leave something that's really helping me grow in my relationship with Jesus? Hmm. I have this um, image of like community. So I'm not a rock climber. I'm not a rock climber. I'm not a mountain climber. Um, but there's this image of us climbing up a mountain. And um, if I'm trying to reach out to other people, it's very easy for me if I'm up the mountain and I'm trying to help people in their walk with Jesus. So pull them up the mountain for them to pull me down unless I'm anchored into the mountain. And mm. that I feel like is really what community does. So if we're mount, rock climbing, you clip in, right? Mm -hmm. Like for safety precautions. So if we are taking away the clipping in of community, then I'm out there by myself trying to pull people along, helping, you know, hopefully bring unbelievers into the kingdom and helping younger believers become more mature. It is so much easier for me to get pulled down back into the world and away from my relationship with the Lord when I'm not clipped into the mountain, you know, when I'm not around other believers. And I think that we see this in um, Luke 10, 1 and Mark 6, 7, that Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. That was not an accident. Like hmm. Jesus knew that his disciples needed a friend. They needed someone to hang in with them through thick and thin. And so I think that if someone's going to go away from a known community into unknown, that it really is a gamble, um, you know, and they could be the exception to the rule. But very often, we are not the exception to the rule, in all honesty. Like, we are normally not the exception to the rule. Right. Wow. These are great, great insights. I'm excited for our next, uh, for the interview uh, that we'll do next week that we'll actually do right now. Um, so I'm going to close this session up. Um, but thank you all for joining us for this part one of Biblical Community with John and Jess Snyder. I'm your host, John Martin. I don't think I said that before. Um, and we're so grateful for you guys tuning in and hopeful this uh, gives uh, the tools and the passages, the, the looking to Jesus to think about how he would command our souls in a topic like this. So we'll see you next time.